Good morning. It's so wonderful to be with you this morning. But you know what's even greater? The Spirit of God is here. I loved it. God has chosen to be with us this morning, but not just this morning. I'm deeply moved at what God is doing through you as an entire congregation and body of believers. I don't think you know all that God has in mind. You better be ready for the ride because you're on a big ride. And I'm honored to be with uh, Brian and Cindy uh, this week. They've been some of my favorite people for a long time, and you're blessed to have them. I'm so honored to be with you. Well, the subject today I thought we'd look at is what's, what I've entitled it, Unexpected Turns. Now, I don't need to talk about unexpected terms, turns for this last year, right? <laughs> we have had it. We have had it. All the rhythms of our lives have been upside down. All kinds of things and pain and suffering and confusion all the unexpected turns. But God is met with us in the midst of those unexpected turns. But you know what I found? I've also had to find him there sometimes because I haven't been willing to look. I've been, whoo, whoo, can't take this, can't take this. Wait a minute. Hey, God, you're here too. You haven't abandoned us. But there's some humorous times that come along in our lives. All of us have experienced unexpected turns that have been tragic and painful, and I understand that. But sometimes there's humorous ones too. So a few years ago, I was invited to speak for the nursing school at Indiana Wesleyan University, which is in Marion, Indiana, about 50 miles north of Indianapolis. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and so I flew into Indianapolis, and yeah, I don't know, some of us are just alcoholics, so I've got to get all this done, so I can just get a late-night flight, and I'll get in there. I'll just sleep by the airport, and then I'll dash up there early that next morning. Okay, get it all planned. I landed about 10 o'clock that night. There's an Econo Lodge not far from the airport. I'll just sleep there tonight. Got to the Econo Lodge, walked in, and the, the woman wouldn't quite wait on me. And I thought, what, what's the problem here? Finally, she said, oh, honey, you'll have to go someplace else. We've just been robbed. So I, there was a comfort inn right behind that. So I switched around and went to the comfort inn. And I noticed it seemed very strange. I walked in, and the lobby was filled with people in their nightclothes. And, you know, at first you think, are they having a big slumber party down here? What's going on? And uh, then I went up to the desk finally, and the woman said, oh, honey, you'll have to go someplace else. We've just had a fire. <laughs> okay, by this time it's midnight. And so I'm thinking, well, Marion is north of Indianapolis, so I'll just go out north and I'll get something out there. There was a Hampton Inn out there. I'll get that. And then early the next morning I'll drive on up. So by this time it's like... Two o'clock, one or two o'clock in the morning by the time I'd messed around with all of that. And so I got to the Hampton Inn, and I knew I needed to leave like at six the next morning, so I only had like four hours to sleep. So I said to the man, he told me how much, and I said, oh, well, can't I just do this by the hour? <laughs> he looked at me and he said, lady, we don't do that kind of business here. Now, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, you just say it. Unexpected turn. Well, then I slept there that night, but it was funny. He put me right by his office, the, the room right by his office. And I laughed and laughed afterwards and saying, oh, my goodness, okay, here we go. Unexpected turn. I got on up to the university the next morning. 
But those, are, those things happen in our life in unexpected turns. But probably a person who probably experienced unexpected turns very dramatically, and all of us have experienced it, but perhaps in Scripture, one that has experienced this so dramatically is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I think about Mary. Mary was young. Mary was from a, a very devout family because the Scriptures tell us that she pondered she knew. She was young. She was young, but had studied the scriptures. She was from a family that believed in God and studied the scriptures. And then one day, strangely enough, the angel comes and tells her some things. But I want to tell you first, as we look at that text, we start in, in uh, Luke 1. Uh, I think we can put that slide up. Luke 1. Um, there we go. Not that one. The one before. Anyway, that's all right. We're going to go there. Uh, and it, all the story we're going to find out of Luke 1, uh, beginning with verse, actually beginning with verse 26. And it says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, I want to stop there a minute. She was pledged to be born, or to be uh, married. Pledged also was betrothed, and it was a strange kind of thing. In that particular culture, there was a ceremony. We would call it engaged these days. But there was, they did a, an entire ceremony, and you did an engagement ceremony that you promised that you would ultimately form this union. There was never any consummation of this. There was no sex. It was just that you would, be, you were, finally, you would finally come to that union of marriage. Now, the only person in that relationship, the husband, the man and the wife, the only person that could break that was the woman. Now, now that's strange because generally it was a patriarchal culture, so generally it was only men. But in that particular piece, it was the, wom the, the woman was the only one who could break it. Now, I want to think about Joseph a minute. I think we don't think about Joseph in this story very much. Here was Joseph. He could not break it. He could have run away. I'm not, well, I don't get this. I'm not going to have all this shame that's going to take place. Do I really believe God? Do I really trust God all the way through this? And so when you look at this story of Mary, keep in mind Joseph in the background. Because Joseph was a man of God. He was going to trust God no matter the public shame that was going to come upon him. And as I think if we think through the whole life of Jesus and all of this, Joseph many times is something in the background. But just think of the strength that Joseph had to have. So when we look at this scripture, then we move on. Then was, uh, was uh, pledged. She was pledged to Mary. Virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And then we come to that next slide. Sorry. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. One of the first things that happens to us in unexpected turns is fear, isn't it? Fear hits us. So did Mary. Mary was no better than the rest of us. 
Fear hits us. What's going to happen? Oh, I don't know if I can handle this. Many of us experience this, particularly in these last uh, 18 months. Fear, what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. All of us can recount many, many examples of this all through these months. The great fear that took place. Fear is the first response. But what is the first thing that the angel says to Mary? Do not fear. <laughs> Do not fear. And God is with us in this, and he wants us to hear this. Uh, Do not be afraid. And then this next text says, Mary, you have found favor with God. Now, I wonder many times in our unexpected turns, we need to realize we have fear, but then we need to know God's with us. God is present in this process. So we find that Mary says, um, the, the angel says, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now this is an incredible statement. Who could believe it? Who could believe it? They'd been waiting thousands of years for the Messiah and this angel comes to this little woman who nobody knows much about and gives this great word. See, many times I think we get caught. God wants to do great things through us, but we can't think he could do that through me. And I love that testimony this morning. Oh, not me. No, it's somebody else. It's somebody else, not me. Now, it's interesting. I want you to look at this very next statement that Mary says. Mary says how her question is, she questions the impossible. She says, how will this be? That next uh, slide, yes. How will this be? Question of the impossible. Now, if you go back earlier in that chapter... The angel also comes to, uh, to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the angel goes to Zechariah, similar kind of thing. Your wife is going to have a baby. And his response is different. His response is, see, Mary asked, how will this be? Okay, I'm going to trust, but I just want to know how it's going to be. Zechariah says, that's crazy. God, you're crazy. I'm an old man. And I thought about this a lot because many times, and what did God do? Because he had no trust. He was just making fun of God. You're crazy. I'm an old man. This could not happen. Same as Sarah. Remember when the angel came to Sarah and said, you're going to bear a child? And she said, oh, she laughed at God, you know. So what did God do with Zechariah? He shut him up. He couldn't speak. God wants us to trust him. But I think many times when God wants to do some great things in us, we say, oh, that's impossible. God could never do that in me. And I think when we're older, we think that we get in caught in that too. We get caught, oh, well, that's for younger people. Miracles are for younger people. Visions and dreams and future is for younger people, not for me. Just a very good piece to see here in this question of the impossible. And I just want to say to you today, that next promise that God gave to Mary was nothing is impossible with God. And it's not for Mary and young, but it's for us that are old. God continues to want to work through you. And I loved what 
David, I believe it was here, who talked about his grandmother who pastored all these years. God continued to open doors, continued to open doors. God wants to continue to open doors until you are in your casket. And then your new door is opened in heaven. He wants to continue to move through you. Ways you can't believe. And I could give you many, many, many examples of how God has, has in, in my own personal life, how God has done these things. And I just keep wanting to say to people today, don't stop. Don't give up. Nothing is impossible with God. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what your circumstances are. I don't care where you've been. God wants to continue to work through you. You see, when you came to Jesus, you changed your life story. You were living the story that you were, everybody else told you to live. And when you came to Jesus, he said, I have the story I had in mind for you when you were born. And now I want you to live that story of what I intended you to be. There's great hope. So then we find then the promise. Nothing is impossible with God. And then what do we see as we move on through Mary then says, and I love this piece. Then, Mary, then God gave her what's going to happen. See, Zechariah never got what was going to happen because he said, it's impossible. Nothing's going to happen. So it's just God just shut him up and God just shut up too. <laughs> then the angel, though, begins to explain to Mary how this is going to happen. If you look at verse 35, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And then these great words of Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. The angel left her. Now, there's an interesting piece here that happens. It is a choice, a prayer. Relinquishment or resignation? I want to give you an example out of my own life on relinquishment and resignation and on this Mother's Day. For 10 years, my husband and I had no children. In fact, went to the doctor and uh, went through all the stuff, the fertility stuff and everything. And finally, the doctor, he had great great uh, bedside manners. He said, uh, knocked on the door, and he said, you're as sterile as this wooden door. <laughs> you might as well go out and create, a, create other things in the world, but you're never going to have children. Uh, it was pretty straight, wasn't it? And so I was working in the inner city of Kansas City at that time, and I remember going into my desk, at my desk and put my head on my desk and just said, well, Lord, I guess you want me to create new life here, and that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Now, that sounds like I was just such a sweet little obedient person that uh, it didn't matter. I was just going to do whatever God said. But I want you to know, as time went on, resentment built. And I would, my friends were having babies at that time. And I said, well, good night. I'd be a far better mother than she is. You know, I'm sure you've never said those things. <laughs> and, um, and then I think, well, why, why do they get... Why do you know, etc. You can just get all the questions that go with it, and you look around, and you keep looking around, and you keep looking around. That's how resentment builds, by the way. One Sunday morning, we were dedicating a baby at our church, 
And I began to cry in the pew that morning. That baby was beautiful. I had no resentment towards the parents. I was fine. But the Lord spoke to me and said, you have resentment in your heart against me because you have no children. And I remember responding back, no, 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 I don't. I'm happy. But I want you to know God speaks deeper. And it just, it just stayed with me. That morning, in that little inner city church in Kansas City, Missouri, I prayed the prayer of relinquishment. Now, you can pray two prayers. One is resignation. I call this teeth-gritting Christianity. I'll get through this. It doesn't matter. I'll just make it. Or relinquishment. Lord, I have done all I can. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to look forward to what you're going to do. Now, it takes a while to get there, my friends, because many times we pray prayers, but at the same time we're saying, well, if God doesn't come through, I'll figure out a way. You have to be to the place where only God can answer that prayer. You can't answer it. And I said that morning, Lord, and the key is, I look forward to what you're going to do. It isn't that I'm finally going to get what I want. It has to be beyond that. Relinquishment is total giving totally up to God. I look forward to what you're going to do. That's all. And I left that morning, that church service that morning, with a, a heart in love with Jesus one more time. I'm just going to look forward to what it is. I don't know. I can't figure it out. And I'm not going to try. I'm not going to start looking around to see. I'm just going to see what God does. And I just want to challenge you this morning, things you brought to church this morning, in your own heart and spirit. What do you need to let? Don't resign. Because you'll never see what God wants. And you just say, Lord, here it is. I simply can't do any more. Well... That morning, about three weeks later, some friends of ours from Denver, Colorado said, our mother is a foster mother and she has a baby that's up for adoption. She's six months old. Why don't you get a lawyer in Missouri and we'll get a lawyer in Colorado? And so the story was, Christmas Eve, we drove to Denver and got our first child. Six-month baby girl. Wonderful. Blonde, blue-eyed. I remember driving back on the turnpike in Kansas and walked in the Howard Johnson's in those days. And she said, this woman said, that baby looks like an angel. And I thought if she only knew. Well, funny, about uh, four months, six, about six months later, our attorney called and said, I have a woman who's going to have a baby and she wants to give it up for adoption. And I just thought you all would like another baby. I thought, whew, wow, okay. And so we said, okay. So we got our baby, six-month-old baby in December, July 31st. I get a call from the attorney, or actually from the doctor, because we arranged to send her to my doctor, the one who said I'd never have babies. And uh, I don't know why I kept hanging out with him. And so she called, and he called, and he said, well, I want you to know you are the mother of a bouncing seven-pound baby boy. You can come to KU Med Center and pick him up in four days. And I thought, well, that was pretty easy. I actually went to church this morning and, you know, <laughs> had this baby and feeding people dinner at my house right now, you know. 
So we picked up our beautiful four-day-old baby boy. And I thought, what a perfect family. You know, isn't that what they tell us? You're supposed to have four kids, and I mean, four people in your family, two children, a boy and a girl. That's the sociological, you know, perfect American family. Well, a funny thing happened. <laughs> About three years later, I was not feeling very good. I went to the same doctor, and he said, you're not pregnant, something's wrong, there's, there's something wrong here. And, uh, but you know what, something wrong just kept growing. <laughs> Nine months later, eight pound baby boy. I said, what should I do? And he said, oh, it'll never happen again. A freak balance of chemicals. You've just probably, at 34, you've just probably come into your childbearing years. Well, six months later, back to the same doctor I get. I don't know why I kept going to him. And he said, well, this one's for real. Yes, you're pregnant. He said, I don't know what to say. I just give up. I just give up. Now, I'm telling you, I was worn out. <laughs> I wasn't so joyous about this fourth child here all in this short period of time. And I well remember I got on the elevator in, in, in the, in, from the doctor's office, and I remember I kind of leaned back and I said, oh, my goodness, I'm pregnant again. This very proper woman with a big hat and everything, beautiful woman, she got off like it off the elevator that next door looked at me like it's catching, you know, that I had some kind of disease. But I want to tell you, I look at these four beautiful children, and they're wonderful and adults today. In fact, my phone was blowing up this morning. Happy Mother's Day. The gift's on the way. They're always a little late, you know. <laughs> and, um, and I look back to that church, that little inner city church, Kansas City, Missouri, I could have done this, but I chose to do this. Now, I've had people say to me, well, God was going to do what he's going to do anyway. No, no, no. Remember when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth? And he finally said, uh, he packed up. I have to leave. I wanted to do so many more miracles, but no one would believe. So we choose, do we want God to be present in our life? Or do we want him? Do we want to receive all that he wants from us? Re resignation or relinquishment. And then we see next in this great story of Mary. Then we see there's a confirmation. God gives confirmation when he works. So let's look at um, the next verse here. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. And here we find this great confirmation. God continues to give us confirmation. That's a verification of the announcement. Confirmation is a word that we know better in these days. God confirms what he says he's going to do. And I found this over and over and over as I've lived through life. God gives a, a direction and then he gives a confirmation. 
Yes, I'm with you. He doesn't just let you hang out there. He gives you that confirmation that he's with you. And then we find this wonderful, wonderful verse uh, that... uh, that is, it, bless, verse 45, and then this next whole pay, pay, uh, text is the praise, which that's a whole other sermon. I got three sermons out of that praise, but you don't want those today. But this last verse that says 45, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. You are blessed if you believe. And, and I, 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 I hate to just pound on this, but, but you, can't, you can't, as was so wonderfully said in the testimony this morning, you finally can't move anymore if you're not going to believe. And blessed is she, and I love that women in this church today, listen to this, apply that to you. Sometimes the language is for males, but apply this to you. This is a great verse that says, blessed are you, women, blessed is she, because she believed. That's what God wants to do in us. And mothers, and today on this wonderful day, and I know many, some of you have never had children. Some of you are single, et cetera. But it's today for all of us. Men and women today, this verse and this message, blessed is she who believed. Now, as I look at a text on believing, Paul says it so well in Ephesians. He said, God wants to do more then you can think, ask, or imagine. Can we grasp that? Now, I don't know about you, but my imagination is really pretty big. (laughs) But God wants to do more in, in your imagination. So a few years ago, I was in Egypt, right after the Arab Spring, a few years after the Arab Spring. And if many of you remember... Tahir Square, thousands of people died. It was a brutal day, days that went on and on and on in Cairo. And I was, I was concerned about our people there and, and so forth that were, that were there. And I was there a few years later. And as I was listening to them and I saw all the kinds of things that took place during those brutal days. And I was with the pastors. And so one of the pastors said, well, Joanne, you have to realize that God broke our imagination during the Arab Spring. Now, I can imagine that. As you're thinking, God is not present here. What is going on? He's absent. Look at the thousands that are dying. The streets are running in blood. And I think they read my face. One of them, because I was starting to think, what are words of comfort that I can give these pastors of what they've lived through? What are words of comfort? Finally, one of the pastors raised his hand, and he apparently read my face. He said, Joanne, I just want you to know, since the Arab Spring, four million Muslims have come to Christ. You see, he said, God broke our imagination because it was not big enough. You know what I'm praying this morning? I am praying that God will break your imagination. What would happen if you really said, God, here is my imagination. Make it even greater of what you want than what I want. I can't tell you what I can envision would happen in Vero Beach area 
if God began to break every person's imagination to make it what he wants. It's more than what you can see. And it's what he desires to have, what he desires to see. You see, he wants to bring his kingdom on this earth. The kingdom of love, the kingdom of mercy, the kingdom of, of forgiveness, the kingdom of love, all of this, he wants to happen right here in Vero Beach and around the world for that matter. But we need to think first right here. What does God want to happen right here? He wants it. He wants you to say, Lord, we relinquish any doubt that we've had, anything that's in the way, and we look forward to what you're going to do as you break our imagination. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you that we've learned from Mary today on what to do with unexpected turns. May every unexpected turn that's come in our life begin, bring glory to you. And so we relinquish it to you this day. And we thank you for the victory that you want to be in our lives as we move from this place this morning to give glory to you in everything we say and do. Amen. going to respond to that so if God's speaking to your heart about those unexpected unpredictable things that come along maybe you even have victory and you just don't see it you haven't seen it but it's there and God's just waiting for you to recognize it and see it and pick it up wherever you are the altar's a great place to go and surrender some things to the Lord or hear from Him. Uh, we have prayer partners that are here that would love to pray with you. would love to pray for those concerns or those things on your heart that you're seeking. Or maybe you just need to go and just say, God, I'm here, whatever it is you have for me. Um, so they're open. As we, as we sing, that is your cue to respond to God's leading. But don't miss the opportunity to respond to what he's saying to your heart this morning. Thank you, Lord. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. falls it won't prevail cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph my God will never fail my God will never fail sing I'm gonna sing a victory I'm gonna sing a victory for the
it. I'm going to see you for the I'm going to see you. Amen. Amen. God fills us up and fires us up to go follow him. And I believe that God has far more ahead for your life, whether you're online right now or here in person. He has something for you. And today, I hope that you sense him saying, come, follow me. Come, follow me. I've got way more for your life so exciting to be a part of a move of God, isn't it? It really is. Let's give our guest again, Joanne, thank you. If you're also a guest with us today online, let our hosts know. They would love to connect with you. If you're a guest here as well, if you come out to our Welcome Center, we have a gift for you. If you've made a decision today or you'd like to talk with somebody or pray with us, our prayer team will stay up here and be available. In the cafe as you leave, mothers, we're ready for you. And so we've got a photo booth here on site. We're ready. Get some pictures. Have some fun. Uh, We hope you have an amazing Mother's Day. Amen? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, for the faith that you impart to us through your spirit. And God, we want to follow you. We want to believe for what you have for our lives individually and collectively as a church. And we thank you for the journey that we are on together. Father, we just ask this week that our times with you would be rich, that we would grow with you, and we would share you with others. May we love God. May we love you and love all people in our pathway this week. May we be the church that you've called us to be. And we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Go now and be the church. Have a great week.